2: All right, well, today on The Wrap Report, we're going to bring you some more interviews from the G3 conference. We have three interviews, in fact, for you today. First, we're going to be coming up with Brother Paul Taylor, and he's going to be talking about the excellent work going on there at the Mount St. Helens Creation Center. That's going to be one where you're going to want to listen. Then I bring on a longtime friend and fellow evangelist, Brother Phil Sessa. He is with the Stop and Think About It podcast. Excellent content on that podcast and what wasn't able to be revealed there, but we're close enough now. I'll give you some insight that we are in works to bring them into the Christian podcast community. Just have some last minute contracts to sign, and we're going to be having them as part of of the Christian podcast community. Very excited about that because these guys are excellent. And so brother Phil's gonna talk with us. And then we have a guy I just got to meet face to face for the first time, uh, which is brother Nathan Fisher. Now, now I got to meet him, I gotta tell you, son, I was invited over to his house, his wife did an excellent job. Homemade sushi. You know me, you know I love my sushi. This was excellent, more than I could possibly eat. And then he took me upstairs to see his Jehovah Witness library. It was, it put my library to shame on the Jehovah Witness area. Excellent stuff. Three compelling interviews for you from G3. I hope you enjoy them. And they are coming your way now on The Rap Report.
1: Welcome to Andrew Reports. Rap Report where we provide biblical interpretations
2: and applications. This is a ministry of Striving for Eternity and the Christian
1: Podcast Community. For more content or to request a speaker for your church, go to strivingforeternity.org.
2: Alright, well, I am back. Welcome back to another Wrap report at the G three conference. We're here at the Striving for Eternity booth with uh, it's actually Striving for Eternity Justin Peters Ministries booth, and uh, we're also with the Christian podcast community here. We got a lot of the Christian podcasts uh, represented here. And so I happen to be with another Christian podcaster, though he's not part of the Christian podcast community, but we won't hold that against him too much. And uh, now, folks, uh, if if you listen to the the other episode, the other interview that I had with Cameron Butel, uh, he was from Down Under, and so we have another guy from Down Under with a funny accent, and that's Paul Taylor.
0: <laughs> no, not from Down Under.
2: Oh, so are you a pom like he was saying? <laughs>
0: I'm from the land where the English language was invented. So. <laughs>
2: yeah, I've always been asking if you if you can learn English because it's just uh, it's hard to understand you sometimes.
0: I'm, I'm sorry, I couldn't tell what you were saying then. So
2: <laughs> uh, so, so Paul and I bust on uh, on our accents for uh, quite a bit, but uh, I think I don't have one. He thinks he doesn't have one, but uh, you guys could you guys can determine whether Paul sounds funny or not. All right. So. <laughs> So Paul let, let let's start with uh, the, the fact that here we are at G3. Now you're you don't have a booth here, so we will talk about the ministry that you have, but as an attender, uh, what which of the talks have you enjoyed most? And I should mention for folks, you have a background in music. You're you were trained to be a classical pianist. And so you understand music far better than me. <laughs> but when we talk about worship and we talk about some of the the music things that's something you understand very well so out of the messages which one were messages that you enjoy the most
0: well i've uh i've enjoyed several of them i mean i very much enjoyed the uh the the pre-conference concerts um the gettys i think uh, the things that they write um truly are biblically based hymns um Yeah, I I very much enjoyed um, uh, Dr. White's uh, talk this morning um, um, because it it was very much going through scripture bit by bit. I also enjoyed Dr. Beaker's talk on what the Puritans had to say uh, because I'm not not anywhere in near depth as as him but obviously coming from the country I come from I have done a little bit of work (laughs) work research on the Puritans myself and so it was good to have some of my thoughts confirmed by what he said and uh, to dig a little bit deeper and I, I know I want to get back and read some more about what, uh, what what Puritans said on the subject of worship. So there's been a lot of very useful things said, very useful things indeed, um, which I wanted to hear said and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that there's a movement within um, Reformed Evangelical churches to get to grips with what worship is about because as soon as you say the word worship obviously in most cases you you tend or in a lot of circles that i've been in you tend to immediately think of certain uh, way out wacky churches and uh, then as soon as you say the idea of reformed churches you think ah well they're the churches that don't worship and that's why it's been so important to to look at the scriptural basis for these things I have to say, you know, we may want to pick on this later, but there is just one element. Maybe I haven't been listening properly, but there's one element that I haven't heard addressed, and I would really like to hear that addressed. but, you know, see, see where we go from there.
2: Well, what is the one of the other questions I'm trying to ask everyone is, what's one thing you've enjoyed? Not, not the, the, the messages, but outside of the messages, what have you enjoyed about this conference?
0: Um, there's a good atmosphere here. Um, so I, I've enjoyed that, I've enjoyed uh, chatting to people, um, and, uh, and that's been good. Um, I mentioned to a couple of people um, that I've spoken to that it's probably the first time for a long time, I would guess probably 12, about 12 years since I have been at a conference where I haven't either been speaking or putting on a booth. Just to be just able. Attending. To, just attending. <laughs> just attending to sit in the audience. And basically, with. Yeah, I, uh, I've had a lot of stuff to do over the last year or two, and it really is a great blessing to be just an attender and to be able to learn. And I think I needed that. <laughs> And it's not going to be that long before I do this again.
2: Was this the first G three you've attended?
0: Yes, it is. Okay,
2: that's what I had thought. So let's let's talk about the ministry you're involved with up at Mount St Helens, the Mount St Helens Creation Center. Uh, let's talk about that. The ministry you have there. What does what happens? What's the the the, the, the creation center all about?
0: Well, the Mount St. Helens Creation Centre is uh, taking advantage of its geographical location. It is clearly near Mount St. Helens. Oh, I
2: thought it would have been in England. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was thinking of a retort then, but I can't think of it quickly <laughs> enough. Um, Yeah, it's obviously, the geography is very important. This year is the 40th anniversary of the big eruption of Mount St. Helens, and what's interesting to us is how uh, the eruption changed the Earth's surface very, very rapidly in ways that cannot be explained by evolutionary or deep-time geology. Um, uh, the, the recovery of life in the area on the volcano has been so rapid that it can't be explained by evolutionary biology and so we have a living laboratory a case study where I can take tourists, we're almost like a tourist agency really, I can take tourists um, to the volcano uh, to various areas around the volcano and basically give them on the spot creation talks, because that's the point. Uh, everything has happened in a manner that is completely consistent with what Genesis says. So the main purpose of our ministry is: is we are a creation and apologetics ministry, telling people about the truth of God's word from the from the beginning of the Bible, and we're using our geographical location to be able to back that up.
2: Yeah, and we, you know, I know that we're doing it. Striving fraternity, we're doing a tour to Israel. We're looking to do a tour to the yep. Grand Canyon. We're looking yep. to do something up to the... Uh, you may do a cruise to Alaska. Uh, we, 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 want, we want to start doing more of the things. We're, like One of the things we're doing is uh, Dr. Svestra is going to take teams of people down to the Ark and to Creation Museum and, and actually walk through and teach as they yes. go through. Uh, I do that at the Museum of the Bible. But maybe what we should do is... Uh, start talking about doing something up at Mount St. Helens it would be good if
0: you did but in the meanwhile this year being the 20th anniversary in August we do have a big vacation uh, a a Christian travel agency is organizing this we're bringing people together and uh, and it's, it's going to be in August, and I can't remember the dates. So I can quickly look that up while, uh, <laughs> while we're doing other things. But it's, uh, you can find that out about that. The links to that are on our website, which is mshcreationcenter.org. Um, I'll be speaking there. We'll have Dr. Steve Austin speaking there, who's a geologist who did a lot of research around Mount St. Helens. Uh, we've got a number of other, um, speakers. We've, uh, got, um, uh, Eric Hovind, Jay Siegert, um, and, um, uh we've we've got um somebody else whose name I've forgotten. It'll come to me (laughs) later. But it's going to be a big thing. It's worth looking at. It's a residential thing. You can come to the area. stay in a hotel and uh, we'll have some talks uh, um, uh, on the subject of creation. And then a number of us are going to take people out to the volcano. There are four different trips that we've organized and you can do all four of them. Um, uh, You know, it'll be over over those four days those trips are happening so you can go and see for yourself uh, what's happened at Mount St. Helens.
2: Well, let's. And I know you're looking up the dates. So while you look that up, the the question I would like to ask you is, what what is the importance of Mount St. Helens? Because when we, as a, as creationists as we are, believing in that the Earth is relatively young, it's not actually young because <laughs> six thousand years is a long time, yeah. but we believe it's six thousand years old, not millions of years old. Yes. And Mount St. Helens is a very important. Uh, as you say, experiment or, or laboratory for creationists, and I want to dig in, in in the time we have to to explain why that is. So, give us the dates of that that uh, that tour that you're doing. Okay, the, the,
0: the um, Mount St. Helens creation vacation will be from uh, August uh, Tuesday, August the eighteenth. Uh, to Saturday, August the 22nd. And as I say, you've got the details uh, uh, on our website. There's a link through to the agency that are doing this where you'll be able to find out all the costs and so on. So it'll be well worth doing. Um, What you're going to see, you're going to see things, uh, effects that happened in the lifetime of many people um, around the area who can testify to it happening. So you can see areas where um, layers were set down Um, that look like uh, the sedimentary layers you get all over the world but we know how long those layers took 25 feet thick uh, of about a thousand layers and we know that those layers took just three hours to form and uh, uh, you can also find a place where a canyon was carved. You're talking about going to the Grand Canyon. The little Grand Canyon that we have near Mount St. Helens is uh, like a 140 scale model of the Grand Canyon. It's got all the same sort of features, very, very similar in shape. And we know that it took nine hours for this to be carved out by a mudflow, not millions of years. Um, so uh, the, these things are things that are known and if you go to any of the other visitor centres around Mount St. Helens of which there are several, they keep using words like surprising, you know I was watching one video at the main uh, Johnson Ridge Observatory, uh, the, main, the main federal uh, uh, tourist centre and uh, the, the, in, the narrator was saying uh, processes which normally take millions of years happened in just a short while <laughs> just, just happened happen that way huh? yeah but the point is and, and when we it's st-
2: supposed to be impossible yes. right? <laughs> we start from
0: scripture and when we start from scripture we are not surprised by these things and that gives us the opportunity to show people that scripture is right and then we say you know why did why did the flood happen um the flood happened because of people's sin uh, we can talk about the geology of it, and we do, you know, so how things are carved and so on, but the, why, the reason why the flood happened is because of people's sin. And so the, the, uh, the things that we see are speaking of God's judgment, but not only God's judgment, God's mercy, because the only reason we can talk about that is because our ancestors escaped the flood. Why did our ancestors escape the flood? Because um, it says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was saved by grace. And in Hebrews it says he had the righteousness that comes by faith. So Noah was saved by, uh, uh, by grace through faith. Do you know anyone else for that who, who, who fits that uh, description?
2: Yeah, I think like all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean this is the thing that's so amazing because when you compare what the evolutionists say, it doesn't mat- It doesn't line up with what we see at the Grand at, at Grand Canyon. Well, what they, the comparison I was thinking was what they say happened at the Grand Canyon. Yes. What we see happened at Mount St Helens. We can actually get an exact time of what happened, when it happened, how long it happened at Mount St Helens because we have video evidence. We ha- it, w- it happened within an, uh, our lifetime. Yes. So when we say well, when people say, well, you, we look at the the Grand Canyon had to have been millions of years, but why? When when we see that one volcano can create a a canyon, I think it's one fortieth the size of the Grand Canyon. Correct. So it's so that happened within three hours. Well, what would a worldwide flood do, yes. which is a much larger event? Could that have created some yes. 40 times the size in just a few absolutely hours? Absolutely
0: right. And it's important to see that. And we, we look at things like that at the Grand Canyon. And uh, those, those sort of explanations you're talking about are absolutely correct. Um, but we've got eyewitnesses, you know, because, believe it or not, there were people alive in 1980, <laughs> you know, and, and I can remember seeing the event on television from, uh, you know, on the BBC over in England, these things can be seen. But please, please, uh, let's get this right. I don't. We don't believe the Bible. And I'm not telling people to believe the Bible because of the Mount St. Helens eruption. Right. We we start by believing the Bible, and then we're interpreting these things with our starting point knowing that the Bible is true and trustworthy.
2: That's right, because that's the the only proper starting point is God's word. because... Yeah. He kind of knows everything.
0: That's right. That's right. <laughs> so He wasn't taken by surprise. The Johnson Ridge Observatory may find it surprising, but God didn't. And neither should we, because God has told us.
2: Yeah, and I always I always say this, but people who say, well give me, give me I want science, give me scientific proof. The only scientific evidence that we have for the beginning of the world is in Genesis chapter one
0: and two. And it's an eyewitness account. That's and if, why. if you weren't there to watch something, you're supposed to accept the eyewitness account. Yeah. Uh, that that would be the normal scientific thing to do. Uh, but of course you know people don't want to read this and of course the, the common um, get out clause there is well obviously you know this, this is common among Christians um, of a certain bent who will say well obviously Genesis tells us why God made the world but the theory of evolution tells us how God made the world and of course that's completely untrue now of course there are passages in the Bible that tell us why God made the world but actually Genesis 1 is not one of them if you read through Genesis 1 there's nothing there that tells you why God made the world you can find that, that out in the later chapters of job but in genesis 1 all it does is tell you how god made the world yeah and and the scientific method would require someone to be able to create the test yes be
2: able to observe it and record it and that's what we have in genesis we have god who created it he was there to observe it he recorded it that's why i say it's the only scientific evidence that's correct so you have been teaching young earth creation for a couple of years
0: i have yes <laughs> um and of course as you know I don't use the word young earth creation because quite yeah. as as you started off by saying I you know uh, and I don't believe that the earth is young I believe the earth is extremely old it's 6000 years old and that's very old and here's the point you know I'm not just being uh, awkward when I say that Um, If I call myself a young earth creationist, I'm defining myself in terms of what the evolutionists believe, because the age of the earth uh, is 6,000 years. 6,000 years is only young compared to what the the millions of years of mythology that the evolutionists have. So I'm not a young earth creationist. I'm a biblical creationist, which is what the Bible says. And yes, I've been uh, talking about that. I... uh, um, came across creationists at the age of seventeen and i 've been talking and writing about that ever since and since i 'm now fifty eight you do the math.
2: Oh gee, and I thought you were just around the time of Noah okay so <laughs> so let 's wrap up with what i 'd like you to do is let folks know how they can get in touch with you. You have a podcast, and so let's let's plug that so people know yes. where they can get more of that and where they can get more information, what kind of materials you guys offer.
0: Yeah. Well, we, we can be found on most of the uh, the, the podcasting um, apps, uh, particularly Stitcher and ch- uh, TuneIn Radio and places like that, and through Dog Catcher. And you can find the, the feed for our podcast on our website. Our website is mshcreationcenter.org. mshcreationcenter.org. So you can find us there, and uh, you can find us also on Facebook and that's basically
2: it and so uh, the website the uh, what kind of materials you guys have there
0: well uh, we do have a a bookstore on the website so you can find uh, creation materials that we've produced we're producing a lot of material for uh, homeschoolers uh, homeschool co-ops and homeschool families at the moment we're in the middle of uh, producing um, uh, a science curriculum for older teenagers uh, which I think is, is very important and um you know, we, I do believe that literature is very important, and uh, that's why I'm really involved in two big um, writing projects at the moment that I'd value your prayers for. One is to write an, an easy to read commentary on the whole of the book of Genesis, not just stopping at chapter 11, the whole <laughs> of the book of Genesis. Uh, volume one of that will be out very shortly within the next five or six weeks, and also doing a full length. Um, biography of uh, Charles Darwin and we haven't really had a full-length detailed uh, biography of Charles Darwin written by a creationist before and we haven't had a full-length commentary on uh, the whole of Genesis uh, an easy-to-read one written by a creationist since 1976 when Henry Morris published the Genesis record so I think both those things are necessary and I'd value prayers for those two writing projects which I, uh, I think are very important
2: well, it's always a pleasure. I'm, I was so excited. I didn't realize you were coming till days before, and I got excited. Even though I did kind of bust on you a bit on Facebook, but you know, sarcasm is my love language, and so. Um, but I, I was, I was thrilled. <laughs> I'm getting it. it James Watkins from Five Souls is giving a big head nod on that. <laughs> yeah. But I was, I was really excited to know that I'd be seeing you. I was looking for you. The first day I didn't get to, to really see until today, but uh, it's always a pleasure to, to be with you. The fellowship is always sweet. So thank you for coming on.
0: It's been a pleasure, Andrew. And I know that for uh, listeners who speak English, they'll probably be able to get uh, 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 subtitles of your questions later on if they ask for them. <laughs> Obviously, sarcasm is your love language, too. <laughs> Amen. Bless you, brother. My name is Andy Olson,
3: and I want to tell you about Echo Zoe Radio. Echo Zoe Radio is a podcast outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries. Every month, I find a knowledgeable guest to talk about an important and interesting topic that affects the church today. We carefully balance the discussions of positive, God-glorifying doctrines of Orthodox Christianity from a mostly Reformed point of view with exposés of heresy, false teaching, and poor practice that goes on throughout the church today. You can find us at echozoe.com.
2: That's E C H O Z O E dot com. Well, we are back again at G3, the Rap Report. We are here recording from the Exhibit Center. And uh, I have so we are at the Striving Fraternity, Justin Peters booth. But I've pulled over someone from the booth right next to us. We got our own little section here. And so this is kind of like the the New York, New Jersey crowd here. We got we got a bunch of uh, a bunch of New Yorkers over here at the, the booth by us, but someone who I've known for a very long time, and been on the streets with evangelizing for a very long time, Brother Phil Sessa, who is with Soul Fishing Ministries, and uh, he also is a podcaster. So we'll talk about that. But uh, first up, Phil, just let's let's introduce you to folks. Is I think this is the first time you've been on the Rap Report, correct? Yes. All right. So let's let's start with you and I got to know each other actually when you came to help me out. I was leading an evangelism group, evangelism training of Chinese churches in New York City, and you came out, and uh, we needed some some more people to help train people, and you came with a, uh, I think two or three other brothers, and uh, you and I just hit it off, and we would go. I remember one time you and I were out. We, we parked our car somewhere I don't know if you remember this We parked in a in a park by your house Yes And we went into New York We, we took the train in New York And we came back a little bit too late Because we were having way too much fun evangelizing That's right and, the, and all the gates were closed And the only way out of that park There was a police officer sitting right there That's right <laughs> So, so you, you, I got out of the car walked up and I said to the officer uh, How do we get out of here? Because we didn't want to like Go over the grass where we shouldn't With him sitting right there and But then he told us to go over the grass. We felt better doing it. That's right. That's right. We
1: had NYPD stamp of approval.
2: (laughs) So, Phil, why don't you explain, give your background. uh, Your heart, like mine, is discipleship, which I've been able to be privileged to watch you over the years disciple men Different men, sometimes there's some who have been with you for years. And then there's people who you keep bringing guys in. It's been a privilege to watch how you disciple people. So let's give folks your background. And then let's start, before we get into soul fishing ministries, which is what we want to get into, I want to talk about the conference here. So start with your background.
1: So uh, God saved me out of Roman Catholicism. Uh, I got saved at an Assemblies of God church walked the aisle, prayed the prayer. But God really did save me at that moment, not because of uh, saying those things and repeating the words, but um, in spite of, He tore my heart, and I repented of my sin. And uh, then I began reading the scriptures, and I just could not put it down. I brought it to high school with me. Everybody asked what that book was in my hand. and I said, a Bible. They said, why do you have it in school? I said, because I like to read it. And they say, well, what's in it? And I was so ignorant. I just told them what I read, like, you know, that morning. I had no idea what witnessing was, what evangelism was. I mean, I was the ignorant evangelist. And so uh, then it eventually realized I should be doing this and started up a Bible club in the school. Uh, they kicked it out, and I had to fight the school board of, uh, in Mayapack, New York. And we got the Bible club back in. So that was my first time that I really had a stand uh, for what I believed in. Uh, Standing on Christ and and defend the gospel So that was a really great experience Uh, Went off to Bible college uh, Got a degree, uh, a a BS in Bible Uh, That doesn't stand for bologna sandwich though, right? (laughs) Uh, So I got a Bachelor (laughs) of Science in Bible And um, then uh, I got credentialed with the Assemblies of God uh, Went to several different churches uh, Had a lot of bad experiences and good experiences um, so even the bad experiences, God gave me a lot of grace, uh, even with the bad experiences. Sometimes models were good, but theology in it, in the models were really bad. So I, I've taken a lot of the models that I've learned around, and, and you know, now we have better theology. I gave up my credentials to the Assemblies of God, and now uh, I'm a pastor at uh, Grace Baptist Church in Queens,
2: a very solid church.
1: Solid church with Pastor Peter Nakotra, and so him and I are the elders of the church, and um, it's it's really a healthy church. Definitely yeah. not a perfect church, but uh, it's it's such a blessing to serve alongside of a very godly shepherd.
2: Yeah, I, l- I like. Peter, a lot. I've, I, you know, I've had the privilege of preaching there. but I think it's before you? You were there. Yes, but, before uh, my time. Before your time. <laughs> I haven't been there since. Come <laughs> to think of it, huh? I now I see what it is. <laughs> I don't schedule the preachers. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I'm, I like asking everyone. Uh, now you're an exhibitor, so you may not have been able to get into too many of the sessions. But two things I'm going to ask: is what What sessions have you enjoyed the most? And then, outside of the sessions, what have you enjoyed most about this conference?
1: So, man, um, the first two this uh, yesterday morning were just fantastic. Um, Josh's message was just very uh, convicting, and Tim Challey's, uh message—how he just kind of took you all through the scriptures to show you worship from like beginning to end, and through the tabernacle and the veil torn. I mean, it was just such such a picture. Um, he really just painted a very clear picture of the gospel with his tongue um, which is what I strive to do every time I preach so uh, that was just a fantastic fantastic sermon um, and just josh 's message on the on the deformation uh, there is so much deformation and one of the reasons I left the, left the assemblies of God not that all the guys are deformed I definitely wouldn't <laughs> say that. But uh, there's a lot of deformation going on there theologically when people are getting off in all the craziness. Yeah. So um, it, it's crucial for a, a time here and now.
2: So what el- what have you enjoyed about the conference outside of the sessions?
1: I really love talking to people, uh-huh. hearing their stories, people that I've never met from all around the, the country, praying people, encouraging them, um, and, uh, you know, just trying to give them the any ounce of wisdom or encouragement or direction in, in the ministries that they're involved in already and really trying to encourage everybody I meet uh, how are they involved in serving Christ in their local church especially
2: you know so let's, let's move into talking about soul fishing ministries and then also into your podcast so when we think about soul fishing ministries I want you to give a description of what its goal is I mean for me it's been a privilege over the years that I've been able to, to know you and to see this ministry grow, see the effect it has, and the, the, where a lot of people try to focus on the, the breadth to try to reach as many people as possible, you go into the depth of trying to really pour yourself into individual people. And then it has been multiplying. So let's let's talk about what the what Soul Fishing Ministries is.
1: So um, Soul Fishing Ministries is a ministry that really uh, God used Ray Comfort in my life, as I know He did yours. Ray who? Uh, <laughs> Ray who? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, listening to Ray's materials, I was very frustrated in Bible college that. Uh, people were getting saved and unsaved, uh, uh, and this can happen like every week, sometimes several yeah, times well, Let week. me walk the
2: aisle again. I, I, I think that I had a bad thought like every day this week. Okay, I'll walk the aisle That's again. Right. Okay, now I'm good for an hour. Yeah, so
1: I don't know if this is a theological term, but uh, I called it yo-yo Christianity because it seemed like the yo-yo would go down and up, down and up. And I asked my theology professor, you know, like, like what is this? How can people be gets, get saved and unsaved, saved and unsaved? And and I don't remember him giving me like a satisfactory answer. And eventually I started listening to Ray Comfort's material, which a guy in my Bible college who um, is not reformed even to this day per se... Uh, he turned me on the Hell's Best Kept Secret. And then a guy I was discipling in Bible college had the audio cassettes. And for those of you that don't know what an audio cassette is, you can call up Andrew and ask him. He'll
2: describe <laughs> that to you. Okay, but, I'm in trouble because you're <laughs> the second person to tell everyone to go call me about what audio cassettes are. <laughs> Cameron Butel just did, did the same thing from Grace, uh, from Grace to You. He was like, oh, yeah, if you want to know what a cassette is, ask Andrew. There you go. So, <laughs> so. You, you have a, you're a discipling ministry. Yes. Right? But you, you start, as I do, with evangelism as the first part of the discipleship. Absolutely. And so you have, you have been able to, I just think of the team that you bring here each year. And I see, some, you know, you have one or two guys that have been with you for a long time. I think of, you know, Jose and Daniel, who have been yep. a long time with, working with you then i keep seeing new guys pop up every year guys i'm like oh i don't recognize this guy let me introduce myself and and just seeing these guys continue to grow as part of soul fishing ministries um what is it you're doing what is the material you offer
1: so one of the things that is important to me is is like walking in life with these guys so i want to pour myself into them Find out what giftings that God has given them, and like just pull them out of their hearts, and then use those giftings for the glory of God. So we want to minister together, and so one of the greatest things is I, I use a lot of our discipleship materials. I wrote a book called Multiplying for the Master, um, which focuses a lot on the stages of spiritual growth, as well as spiritual disciplines, time, talent, and treasures, and, and other such uh, topics that we cover. And so we go through we go through that material. But really, I get to see the growth because when I go minister someplace, if I go to the hospital, I'll call one of these guys up and say, "I'm going to the hospital to pray with somebody, minister to the family." You know, I'm gonna. Can I come pick you up? So, like, I never want to like travel to minister alone. Any place I go, I always try to bring guys with me, and then along the way, give them opportunities to minister. You know, if the opportunity avails itself to do that, and wherever they're gifted, just give them train them in that area and help them to grow, uh, speak to them, comment on how they're doing, encourage them, uh, correction if needed. But uh, I've just seen really tremendous growth. And, and these guys have like blessed my heart so much because there's no way I can carry this ministry alone, no way at all, and, and nor would I want to. So uh, their, their fruitful gro- growth um, blesses my heart to no end.
2: So let's talk about your podcast. Let's stop and think about it, and um, talk I like- about your podcast.
1: <laughs> I saw what you did right there.
2: Yeah. And for folks who didn't pick up what I did, uh, your your podcast name is
1: "Stop and Think About It."
2: That's right. So let's do that. Uh, so let's talk, let's talk about that because that's a you. It's it's you're, it's not just you. You got a couple guys doing that, and yes. it is it's been a thrilling podcast. I've listened to every episode. Wait, did I just admit that to you? Oh, no. <laughs> I never heard it before.
1: I <laughs> can always edit this. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's that's what's good about post-editing. Yeah. That's right. No, but, but let's talk about the podcast you're doing.
1: So, we started the podcast uh, last, uh, we started in February um, of 2019, so we're almost coming up on a year right now. I've always wanted to do something like that, but... When you're doing so many things, and I know you do so many things, and I do so many things, you know, we just wear a lot of hats. Uh, Every time you have a new idea, it's kind of like you have to learn a whole new job description for this other thing you want to do. And so sometimes I want to do things, but then to learn all of the intricacies to do that, you're like, man, if I do that, then I'm going to take away from doing this. And so, uh, one of the brothers who came to our church named Steve Langella said, "Um, uh, uh, would you like to do a podcast? And he asked a couple of guys, I said, I'd love to do it. And he knew how to do kind of the mechanics of it and the post-production, all those kinds of things. So, uh, he knew how to, you know, design logos and and make intro uh, music and all of that, those kind of things. And so, I was like, all right. So, we started in, in my basement. And he brought all the equipment and we would meet on a Saturday and it would like take like all day to do it. And now we've been doing it online instead, which is a lot easier. And
2: so so he's the he's the He's
1: the brains behind it. Well I was gonna say
2: he's <laughs> he's, he's he does the technical. Yes. You have someone else who does the content and you're just the voice, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. 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 I'm, it's like the wizard of Oz. <laughs> just the guy behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so I, I normally come up uh, with a lot of the content. And I just create um, a Google document, and I kind of start to populate it um, with some kind of an outline. And then I, I let the guys have access to it so they can add. Um, and Glenroy, Roy, our West Indian wordsmith, who is an English major, he kind of goes in and massages things for us. So he's good at you know the, at editing before we kind of go live with things and um, parsing things out. So, uh, you know, I feel like we really, really have a good team. To, to, to work with yeah
2: a, it 's a good chemistry on that podcast, which is important. you need to have and I think it 's because you guys know each other well, yeah. you have that chemistry that really flows well so that you 're not talking over each other. The content flows from one idea to another very smoothly, which is which is good, and you guys have some great content. Uh, it's, it's, it's educational, but because of the different voices, it keeps the attention. And so I think it's a very important podcast to be listened to because you guys deal with some some big issues yes. that need to be addressed. Yes. You don't shy away from them, no. which so many, unfortunately, <laughs> do. So you and I both are in discipling ministries, but we do it very differently. Yes. Um, you do it the way I wish I could, which is more of a shepherd because, I mean, my, my passion has always been to, to shepherd a church. As yeah. you know, I, I used to, yes. and I love the idea of discipling people and just having a group of people where you're discipling them and you get to watch them grow yes. over a long period of time. That's not where God has me, right? Um, but that's that's more the ministry that you have is to is to really pour yourself. And, I, and you said it, and that's so true. And I don't think I want you guys who are listening to understand when when he's saying that he pours himself into these guys. I'm an eyewitness to that. I've seen that. He, he literally he does not do anything alone. <laughs> he he takes guys with him everywhere, and there there's men around him all the time that are being discipled in one way or another, and that is what it takes to pour yourself into people, and that's what we're all called to do. Now I do that privately. I don't get to do that in the ministry that that I'm in. Even though it's a disciple ministry, but it, it's more providing tools in a way to to help the church to do that. Yes, and so. You get the fun part, and I. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that is. Let's talk about the importance of discipleship because you and I both uh, have a very very strong view of discipleship and the yes. need for it in the local church. So let's talk about why it's so important.
1: Yeah. So it, it reminds me back to a conversation of the guy that disciple me in Bible college. He said, "What has God called you to do?" And you know, I was going to be the next Billy Graham, as far as I understood. <laughs> And uh, at
2: least go with Billy Sunday or yeah, something a little better, you know. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I didn't know much. <laughs>
1: More like Billy the Kid. So <laughs> I, um, so my perspective was I was going to just go out and, and, and share the gospel with everybody, you know, that, that I met. And he said, "What are you going to do if somebody gets saved?" And I literally and ignorantly said, "You know, that, like that'll be the pastor's problem." <laughs> And he said, are you planning to get married one day? I said, yes. He said, you're going to have kids? He said, if, you know, if God bless me with kids. He said, are you going to leave the kids on someone else's doorstep to feed them and raise them? Ouch. And I was like, <laughs> no. Like, I was like, That's, why would you ask this a dumb question? <laughs> he goes, and why would you do that spiritually? He said, why would you, you know, share the gospel, see God save someone, and then not know how to raise that person, you know, in, in, in their walk with Christ? And I mean...
2: Yeah.
1: You know, I was just very ignorant. But um, I think it's it, it's so crucial because people are at different stages in their spiritual development. And sometimes they don't know that. So if you step on a scale, you can find out how much you weigh. And if you use a tape measure, you can find out how tall you are. And I don't need much of a tape measure for that for my own personal self. <laughs> but you know how do you know where you're at spiritually like in your in your stages of growth where where are you so we point a lot of people to First uh, John chapter 2 where it talks about the world children young men and fathers and we try to take people uh, along that journey and help see you know, people where are you right now mm. and, and are you willing to pay the cost and to die to self to grow to the next level on toward becoming like Christ and there's less and less people in each category because you have to die to self and you know that's not fun, but but yeah. it is joyful to yeah, do is. so.
2: You know, you, you speak about the spiritual maturity, and I was when I was pastoring and preaching through Matthew 18, the first half. Everyone know, is familiar with the second half with church discipline, right. thanks to John MacArthur. But <laughs> the first half talks about pride and humility. And as I was working through those texts of Scripture, and I'm trying to figure out how do I communicate to people, how can we test our spiritual growth? I mean, it's right. not like you. The, fill this chart out and now I know how I'm doing spiritually how can we examine our spiritual maturity and I thought about it and as I was preaching through it the whole part of that first half of Matthew 18 talks about pride and humility I started to realize that's really the sign of spiritual growth how humble I am compared to how prideful I am sure but how do we test our humility so that now I had another dilemma okay now I know the thing but how do I test the humility I started thinking about it and I said it, it really seems to be a way to test our humility is One thing that we do is when someone comes up they correct us. And and we're wrong. Not like they're just misrepresenting. We're actually wrong. How quick are we to defend ourselves? Sure. Right? Because that's the pride. Sure. And humility is to say, no, he's right and I'm wrong. How quick are we willing to submit to someone correcting us? How quick are we to trying to defend ourselves? Because when we look at those two, that's a way of judging. And that's on within our own mind. We know it, when someone corrects us how fast we're going to be to defend it or whether we're going to heed to it, that's a way to measure that spiritual growth. Another yeah. another way I often say is how quick are we to look to, if we see someone who's in sin, how quick are we to correct them? Because that shows that we care more about God than ourselves because we know it's going to cause conflict, and we don't like the conflict. Right. But do we care enough about God that we're going to go do something that we don't like to do?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been, you know, like I said, I had a lot of bad uh, church experiences. I learned a lot of what not to do from from guys that I worked with in ministry over the over the years. But when I uh, kind of yoked up with Pastor Peter in ministry, he just walks in such humility, and he like he always takes the low road. Yeah, I mean, even if he's not wrong per se, um, he always humbles himself, and he's always very gracious w- with the sheep in the church. And so I needed to just really learn that so much more. Um, You know, I guess, you know, when you have a prideful heart, uh, like I'm I'm normally, it could be a rough guy. You look like a rough guy. I look like a rough guy. You look look like someone that teaches in
2: Harlem. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. don't tell anybody.
1: So, uh, you know, like God gave me two daughters because I needed to learn more gentleness. (laughs) (laughs) So... Um, you're, you're from the
2: Bronx, right? I live in the Bronx. Yeah, yeah. You, because you, you know what happened when two guys from the Bronx got to heaven.
1: Uh-oh, here it comes. <laughs>
2: yeah, so so you know they get up there and there's you know Peter and he's going, what are you guys doing here? We we're, we're we're supposed to be here. Right. He says, I think there must be an error. You're you're from the Bronx. Let me go talk to Christ. And he goes to Jesus and says, hey, there, there's two guys from Bronx. They're not supposed to be here. Go go find out what they're doing here. He goes back and. Goes to find those guys. They're not there. So he goes back to Jesus and says, they're gone. You go, the three guys? No. no they, the goal Go ahead. <laughs>
1: no, the gates. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. I actually have them in, in, in my house right now. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I mean, seeing how people respond to correction is very, very important. Um, do they take, you know, do they go low? And I, I hear Pastor Peter all the time You know when somebody comes with us You know w- with an issue We always teach him listen humble yourself And go low you might be right On something it doesn't mean you're, you're Saying you're wrong now just just Go low in humility Because yeah. I mean if we want to be Like Christ I mean He walked in humility all the t- 100% of the time he walked in humility Even when he was correcting people He was still walking in humility
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And people couldn't deal with it
2: no, they, they crucified him for it. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: what happens when you walk in humility.
2: Yeah. Hey, well, thanks for coming on. Uh, why don't you share the website to your ministry, how folks can get in touch with you, what kind of things you, you have to offer for them, and uh, where they can get the podcast.
1: Sure. So our website is www.soulfishingministries.org, and we also have our stop stop and and think uh, com as well, and, and the two websites uh, integrate with each other. So if you go to one, you're going to get the other. And uh, we have uh, links to our YouTube videos. We did an evangelism conference, so there's links to that. We're doing another one this summer, so uh, we invite you all to come out to it. It'll be in Queens in uh, in August, and. Um, we have been training young men To be expository preachers So we're mentoring a church right now Called The Last Call Church With uh, Pastor Gabriel Hernandez Which we met here at the G3 four years ago When I still have no idea How I ended up speaking at, uh, on the platform I, that, that God is definitely sovereign Because I, I, I didn't know Up to two hours before I was going to go that, that that was even happening But out of that out of that Bore so much fruit Because we've been training him and then I met Nick, who's in our ministry, here at the G3 as well. And so Nick has been a tremendous uh, blessing, as, as Jose has been with me many, many years. And yeah. has been just such a right-hand man.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for thank the you my
1: brother, <laughs> that God's given to you. God bless you. God bless.
2: Are you just
3: watching?
1: Do you enjoy watching movies? The special effects, the interesting characters, the great stories. There's a lot to enjoy that comes out of Hollywood. But sometimes it's best to approach secular media with a healthy dose of critical thinking.
3: Join me, Eve Franklin,
2: and Tim Martin,
3: as we discuss our favorite movies,
1: and share critical thinking for the entertained Christian.
3: So visit areyoujustwatching.com to subscribe.
1: And don't just watch. Well,
2: welcome back again. We are at the G3 booth here in the exhibit hall at the G3 conference. We're at the Striving for Eternity and Justin Peters Ministries booth, and we've been talking to several people. And in front of me now, I have someone who I've got to meet in person just this last week, is Nathan Fisher. Now, Nathan and I have been friends on Facebook for a while, and uh, just talking back and forth. And uh, I happened to be preaching in, in a church, and you were like, hey, you are like 10 minutes away from me. Get over here. And he, he knew exactly how to entice me. Uh, his wife is like a cooking phenom. And uh, he said, hey, my wife is making homemade sushi. Knew exactly how to get me to say, I'm there. <laughs> and we had way more sushi than we could possibly eat. And, uh, but I tried. I did try. <laughs> and so uh, you and I got to meet. We got invited to your house, which was very generous of you. Uh, the hospitality that you that you showed and then you drove us all the way down to Atlanta and so we really appreciated that so but in getting to know you uh, we found out that you have a very interesting background that we want to get to in a moment Uh, before we get there the first question I want to ask you or first two questions really that I ask everyone uh, what out of here at G3 what is the the talk or the session that you enjoyed the most and why and then the second question is, outside of the sessions, what have you enjoyed most about the G3 conference?
3: Sure. Um, this morning I enjoyed listening to uh, Dr. White. He did a um, Greek wait, seven- wait, wait, wait.
2: I think that's just because you, you have some favoritism there. You've listened to a thousand hours of him. <laughs> I don't know if that counts. <laughs> okay, I'll switch to yesterday. I like Vodibachum's. It was fire, that sermon. <laughs> that,
3: was a, that was quick. You were ready for that. <laughs> it was a good sermon. Yeah, it yeah. was. And then MacArthur afterwards. I mean, anytime MacArthur gets up and exposes scripture, you're going to learn a
2: lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So outside of the sessions, what have you enjoyed about the conference? Just the fellowship
3: and walking around and meeting people and um, basically just being here.
2: Yeah, and that's, that seems to be the common theme with everyone is the fellowship because you can watch the, the all the sessions online mm-hmm. and you can catch them, but you don't get that same fellowship that we have here. We have people from all over the place. And you just have that kindred spirit. And when you start coming year after year, it, it's, uh, one person came up to me yesterday and said, this is like a family reunion. I mean, it just, I look forward to coming here because I get to see everybody again. And there's a lot of people that are regulars. They come year after year and really get to be closer. And you always meet new friends. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
3: Last year, um, some Canadian brothers came. Now they brought their wives this year. They came back to my house for dinner uh, last year.
2: Well, they did and not go away uh, hungry. Yeah, I
3: it wasn't know that. sushi, though. I, I no. can't remember what she cooked. Um, but it was definitely good. Yeah, and well, that,
2: that seems to be the trend because, uh, you know, we have a mutual friend in Pastor Rhodes, and he, he had warned me before coming over, he says, listen, you better be really hungry because <laughs> when his wife cooks, she really cooks. <laughs> That's why I've put on 50 pounds since we've been married. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can understand that. I've, I've put on 40 pounds with my wife. She, she doesn't cook as much, but anything she cooks, I'm, I'm finishing, which is the problem. But... Uh, Always. So let's talk about your background. You you had uh, you were came out of a cultic background. Yes. And so you were a, raised Jehovah Witness. Yes. And so let's talk about your your background as a Jehovah Witness, and then what brought you out of Jehovah Witness, not into Christianity yet, and then into Christianity. Sure. Sure.
3: Yeah. So I was raised a third Jeho- third generation Jehovah's Witness. My dad um, actually attended uh, or served at Brooklyn Bethel in the 1960s for about four years, which is their headquarters and their printing press, uh, where they print all their publications. They've since sold that building, um, but uh, definitely had a very strong Jehovah's Witness background and, and upbringing, uh, was trained. My dad was the lead elder, uh, what they call uh, elders in their church. Um, and so I grew up as an elder son.
2: And then what brought you out of being a Jehovah's Witness?
3: Well, around 20 years old, I mean, I was a young man and started to, uh, you know, kind of steer away from the Jehovah's Witnesses in one and two date, and I fell into some sin. And, uh, of course, they have their own structure of how to deal with sin, and so that's kind of, uh, I got excommunicated. Um,
2: Do you still talk to your family?
3: I can speak to them probably about once a year, maybe twice a year for about a five- or ten-minute conversation. And it's generally just, how are you doing? Are you still alive? Are you still healthy? Um, but they uh, they follow the strict shunning policies of the Jehovah's Witnesses since my dad's position is higher up.
2: That's hard, isn't it?
3: It is. It yeah. is. It's been over 20 years, yeah.
2: So what brought you to Jesus Christ?
3: Well, so I was an agnostic for about 17 years um, after I left around 21, and um, I had uh, kind of Been through a lot of ups and downs, depression, uh, suicidal tendencies, drugs, just a lot of just really bad things happening in my life. Um, And I had met my wife,
2: and she started cooking. No, just kidding. kidding. So you, you, she, she knew the way to a man's heart was through the stomach, and it it worked. Yeah. So um,
3: no, but in all seriousness, um, she kind of saw something in me that uh, I guess no one else had seen, and I don't know what that was, but. She started cleaning my life up, Um, and she took me to a a local church um, that she wanted to attend, and so I started kind of uh, considering, you know, God again, so to speak, because I was an agnostic. And uh, my grandmother, who was 95 years old, uh, lay dying in the hospital, and I had not seen her in over 17 years, and um, I kind of said some kind of mangled prayer, uh, basically saying, God, if you exist, show her who you are before you die, before she dies. And um, then I realized that I didn't know who God was. And uh, so that kind of took me down a journey of investigating what I had never investigated before, which is the past and the history of the Jehovah's Witnesses. So I went online, took to YouTube, and started investigating and watching everything I could on them. Of course, when you do that, you get a hold of a lot of the people that have left, and they're religiously abused people, they're generally lean towards agnosticism or atheism they're very very angry at god they're very angry at the jehovah's witnesses and the watchtower organization but i was hearing the false prophecies and you know where rutherford predicted this and it didn't happen and 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 then uh all of the 1975 stuff and 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 i had my jaw dropped because i'm listening to it for the first time but uh then i ran across dr walter martin his old tapes from the 1980s into the 90s, and started listening to a man who was arguing against their position using scripture. And when I heard that, I was like, "I know all these scriptures. <laughs> you know, I used to I used to try to use these against people. He's wrong for this. And so, what I started doing is trying to beat Doctor Walter Martin, <laughs> uh, which didn't work. Um, the Lord yeah, only be one, Doctor you know, Walter Martin. <laughs> the Lord prevailed, and um, I started to slowly have my eyes opened and see. Uh, you know, from the scripture that what I had believed my entire life was wrong. Um, And so uh, then I got a hold of Dr. James White as a suggestion uh, from YouTube. YouTube's great on suggestions. And um, listened to hours and hours of him debate the Trinity and um, the deity of Christ with all different kinds of people that hold all different kinds of beliefs. And uh, during that time period between January and March, uh, I realized the state that I was in. I realized that I had been going for 30-something years, 37 years almost, and I was just completely bankrupt morally and just emotionally, and I had nothing left. And uh, at that point, I realized who God was versus I, who I am, and I repented of my sins and I was saved right then and there.
2: Mm. So now you, you have a little bit of a, a library on Jehovah Witnesses.
3: Yeah, I started collecting quite a bit afterwards from eBay.
2: <laughs> it, it, probably one of the, the, the best that I've seen as far as materials on Jehovah Witnesses, and you, you've researched it very well. Um, you and I talked about the fact that you know you, you haven't been saved all that long, but yet you have a, a great amount of knowledge of, of theology and uh, you, you had said that you just basically engrossed yourself into study. How, how many hours a day were you studying?
3: I think every since probably that time period that I was saved, I've, I've put in two or three hours a day just listening to something, reading something. Um, it, and, it, and it's not that I was I'm trying to be something. It's just that the Lord put it into me to learn all of this stuff and to learn who He is and to be able to properly articulate His truth. And I can't see myself doing anything else with my time. Um, yeah. So that's what I do. I just study and read and listen. And I've always got something on my mind that I'm thinking through. And <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, and you've got a debate coming up. So let's talk about that. You're, you're going to be debating Will Duffy, who Matt Slick recently debated. Uh, what's the topic?
3: Uh, well, we're doing two debates, which I probably shouldn't have done on <laughs> second thought. Because um, you,
2: you have how many debates so far done? Zero. Zero. Okay, so you just jumped right in. It's like, you know, when Matt Slick decided a couple years ago, he's like, you know, I think I'll debate David Smalley on one day on one topic and Matt Dillahunty on the next day on a different topic. I mean, they just had one debate to plan for and he had two. I was like, what were you thinking? You at least said it's the same person, so he has two to prepare for and you have two, but he's got a little bit more experience. He's got a little head start, too, because both of those debates, I think, are
3: similar to what Matt Slick and him debated on. (laughs) Not to mention Matt Slick actually did it the two nights in a row, not the same day.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so what what's the debate topic and what do you so, how do you so the first give, th- give us give us all that you're gonna, how you're going to argue against it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, put me on the spot there um,
3: no so the first debate topic is uh, does the Bible teach an open future okay, which no. obviously is his. His, so what's uh, his background? His background, which is open theism. And he'll be in the affirmative and I'll be in the negative. And so this, for
2: people that don't know open theism, give yeah. a quick synopsis.
3: Yeah, so open theism, they believe that um, the future is not open to God. God knows the, um, the present events, all current events, but he does not know the future. And um, because he doesn't know the future, uh, they basically believe that... Um, if he did know the future, sorry. If he did know the future, that man could not be truly free because God would know what man was going to do.
2: Is um, part of what they believe. So, what's this, what's going to be the second debate topic?
3: The second debate is um, is uh, Calvinism's view of God's sovereignty biblical? Which probably is a debate question that puts me at a little bit of a disadvantage, but I accepted it nonetheless. So it's, it's it's basically a debate on God's sovereignty. So we'll get into decrees and uh, God's will and how he carries out his will um, based on his decree and
2: in time. Well, you know, it's been neat. I, you know, I got to spend a little bit of time with you this week. It was thrilling to to spend that time. Really got to know you a little bit and really see how God has used you. It's been encouraging to see. So any, any last things you want to share with folks before you sign off? I would just say, you know, get out, start meeting people
3: here at G3 if you're here. Um, and uh, if you are, you know, uh, wanting to talk to some Jehovah's Witnesses, um, I hear there's a, a good book that has a section on Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> what would that book be called? You wrote it. You <laughs> oh, tell <yeah>. them. <laughs> what, what do they believe in? I saw maybe? it over here. Yeah, what do <laughs> I they saw believe? it over here. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it does have a section on that. That's true. Yeah. But uh, I thank you for coming on. It's it's a joy to get to know you. It was a very much a joy to eat your wife's cooking. Just saying, but uh but yeah, and I'm looking forward to getting to spend more time with you and appreciate get to it. know more. I'll be praying for this debate. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it.
0: This podcast is part of the Striving for Eternity Ministry. For more content or to request a speaker or seminar to your church, go to StrivingForEternity.org.